This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of arts, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Nevo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art in contemporary fine art, focusing on art style, genre, and movement. And that is delusionism. To do so, we are joined by the man behind the very concept itself, Daniel Matthew York. Mr. York is an American painter, originally from a suburb of Chicago, but now resides in Nashville, Tennessee, who developed the art style to, quote, snap you out of your day for a minute. Mr. York, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Novo. I, I love, I'm very excited to talk about this concept today. Uh, but uh, before we get there, I always like to give our listeners a little background. So uh, first, tell us, how'd you get started and kind of what led you down this path? So how did we get here? You know, it's, it's like anything else. You, you end up uh, sort of falling into what you do, right? And uh and now that I'm older, I, I uh, as a kid, you, you're sort of finding your way and you want to agree with everything and then you want to make money or you want to, you know, <laughs> back in my music days, you know, you want to write a hit song or, or okay. sell paintings. I mean, you, you, you go through the choir. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you, you sort of lose yourself in that process. So, but there's this, there's this style that I've done. I mean, since I was a little kid and my mom would even say like, you know, yeah, she kind of questioned what I was doing, especially as I got up through high school, you know, and 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 at a certain point, I think it was about 28 or maybe 29, somewhere right in that area. And I just I just sort of stopped fighting what I was doing and just put out my style. And then eventually it became about like, well, what makes me happy as an artist and and, uh, you know, a musician, too. But like what makes me happy and what and, and I found that the older I got, the more I just wanted to laugh and take my creative talents and put it into humor. And then it it's just sort of developed into all this other stuff like delusionism. And so, you know, I've done a lot of different art styles, but delusion was re really the sort of culmination of where that was going. And so it kind of mixes uh, classical art styles with just my humor. And, you know, you can't see me, but I'm wearing a freaking Three Stooges t-shirt right now, if that gives you <laughs> any idea. 
right? <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's dive into delusionism art itself. So uh, tell the good people what 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 is it and how did it come to be? Well, it's a word I made up, really, and not delusion, of course, but delusionism, and that was road trip with it, your daughter. I believe I read pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we were sitting yeah. there chatting. My daughter's also an artist; she's an author, and. Uh, and we we were sitting yeah she, we were sitting there chatting one day and I was like you know I, I I don't fit into any of these other categories I'm not a surrealist I'm not into these you know I'm not like postmodern expressionism I'm just not into any of those categories so yeah. we were trying to find a word and talking it out and that was the word that we ended up coming with and uh, it, it it just sort of developed into other things if some people ask well what the hell is delusionism because it sounds all complicated <laughs> and and I go in in short it's really almost like just comedy art. And then when other mm. people describe what I do, they're like, well, it's almost dark comedy horror art. And, <laughs> oh, you know, like cause so, yeah, some of the stuff is kind of creepy. Like I'm working on one right now that I have a working title called Dark Angel. And it's not really meant to be horror or dark. It's just I like a lot of drama. I do I, I do kind of like things like Rembrandt lighting, chiaroscuro lighting, which is just one light source. So it has lots of drama and it just comes out that way. I just do it until it makes me laugh. You know, put one tooth in there. <laughs> like I'm working on one right now where it has this lady with no teeth, and it's or the eyes, the eyes. Yeah, are big. Or, yeah, yeah. You get, dude, you got to have googly eyes. I mean, you know, how can you paint <laughs> so, a yeah, teeth without googly eyes? <laughs> yeah, it looks like your subjects uh, include a lot of people, right? You like to focus on people and give it this in unique spin, obviously, yeah. with the humor aspect. So uh, yeah, just kind of dive into the process. Like, do you pick your closest friends? Do you uh, see a model in a magazine? And then you want to kind of deface it, skew it, manipulate it into this comedic stint? Like, how do how do we get to the, to the other end? Well, I mean, from one artist speaking to another, um, all of the above, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you know how it goes. Like if you're writing a song, sometimes it just comes to you and you're like, oh shit, I better write that down. And, sure. um, you know, like I was reading an article where Kanye, he'll just, he'll just all of a sudden have like, Jesus a, Christ. Yeah. Don't, don't get a start about Kanye. No, Kanye. Believe me, I won't get you started. We'll, on Kanye, we'll but... probably, we'll probably get canceled <laughs> just from association, just from talking about him. We're going to get canceled. Or, or it'll shoot through the roof. You never know these days, you God, know, but, damn, but, yeah. uh, but one of his things that he'll do is he was talking to, I forgot what interview he's doing, but he'll get a stroke of something at whatever time and he writes it down in Apple Notes. And I'll do that sometimes. I'll get a okay. concept of something and I'll write it down in Apple Notes. So like a muse hits you and you, you write it down immediately. Sometimes. But then there's other times where I will hire models. And my process on that is, you know, I, I really look for these, what I would just call an awkward moment. You know, I'm not looking for a pretty moment. And when I hire models, they're like, oh, I want to, you know, I want a model. I'm like, well, listen, I mean, you're going to end up looking like this. Are you sure you want the project? <laughs> you want, is this the kind yeah, of job how, you oh, want? That's a perfect, that's a perfect uh, um, additional question to ask you. How do people respond to it when you book them for these things? When they see your work and they're like, I'm signing up for this, right? Or something else. Yeah, sometimes they say no. Um, okay. but, but then some people love it cause it's, it's not like any modeling project they've ever done. And I'm never, do, you know, mm -hmm. I used to do live shoots like body painting and stuff. And I've kind of moved yeah, on. I think out I of that. saw one on your website. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Most of those are sold and done. And I, you know, it kind of ran its course and then, but now I will use them for painting projects and their pain, their faces almost never look how they really look. So they're into it. They're paid projects. And, and, uh, but you know, when, when you're in process, it's kind of fun because you'll sit there and you kind of just 
flow with it. I never really have a good plan and I, I just start with it when they're there and start pitching the lighting and, mm. and start, you know, posing them in different things. And then I'll tell them to do very natural things. The weird thing is when they start doing the very natural things and I get them in that sort of that moment that they didn't expect, they might be pulling up their hair or something like that. That's when you find the best ones because then you'll look at it and it's very awkward as if it wasn't supposed to be that way. And when you look at it, as soon as I start to feel a little bit uncomfortable with what I'm looking at, I know I'm on the right track. And that will be the gen, like the, like the source of where the painting goes. And then from that point, you know, I'll start messing around with the painting. I'll pull out my iPad and I'll start drawing faces on it or whatever. And then when I start to think it's funny and I start kind of giggling myself, I'm like, okay, now, now <laughs> we're I'm moving. We're on to something. Yeah. Cause if it doesn't make me laugh, I get bored with a project and it never gets done. I see. Uh, it looks like a lot of oil on canvas or do you use other dif uh, different mediums? Yeah, I do. I, I've done, there's a lot of things that make it in the paint. I would say 90% of it's oil, but you know, I've, I work with acrylic sometimes and sometimes there'll be, you know, aspects of colored pencil or, uh, oil markers and, you know, some, some stuff I've done, uh, you know, those oil pastel crayons, I've done entire works and almost crayon, but most of the time it's oil. I kind of get into a lot of the old master techniques and I really like a fan of things like glazing, which I guess is kind of antiquated with a lot of these new artists, but I just, there's like kind of a glow that you won't really see in, per, uh, in a photo, but when you see it in person, it kind of brings a life to it. And it's, it's a slow process with oil because it has to dry, but uh, it, it just, to me, it just has this glow and this aura that something that I like to into the pieces, but when I want to work on something faster, I'll obviously do something like acrylics and because acrylic dries fast, you work pretty quick in that. So, you know, it goes all over the place. But I would say that the most interesting um, aspect of my process is that you, you want a painting to have a life and a personality. You know, I, I always kind of make the joke about going into Kohl's and buying art off their wall for $50. And, <laughs> you know, it has no personality. People are buying that to match their fucking rugs, for God's sakes, right? Sure, and, yeah. And when you're buying something like I do or any other artists that I look up to, you're not you're not buying it for that. You're looking for a statement piece, something that has a real personality. So it for me, it's not really so much the process. And frankly, as with all artists, as you know, your process kind of takes on a life of its own. Everybody has a, a slightly different process. And my process is, you know, based in traditional roots, but has gone on to whatever the hell it is now. But I would say the 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 development of the character is critical for me. Like like they have to have a life. And there's certain pieces that I will never sell and will never see the light of day because they just didn't take on that life. And it's almost like you sort of imbue a character and a personality and an attitude. And if that attitude doesn't come out of the painting, it, it's not leaving my place. That's a good segue to um, how you want to leave your mark, essentially. So you said that um, your art style provides an escape from the everyday delusion that you made your life into. So what is that delusion of our everyday lives and, and why do we need to escape it? Well, I kind of make the, you know, like I said, I've kind of, <laughs> bored the definition of delusionism down into like comedy art. But really, it, originally, when I was developing it and kind of landed on this concept of it, like delusion is a false idea. You know, you're, you know, if you ever look at the Latin base of the word delusion, you're into this fucking false idea of what everybody else is seeing. And that's kind of how I feel we all became as adults, you know, you're forced to pay taxes, you go get jobs, you got to pay rent, you got to do this other stuff. And then I always make the joke like, yeah, when you get around your high school buddies, you show up and they're like, what up, loser? You know, and, and they, you get into this real personality that you are. And so you, as you grow, you, you kind of come back to that. 
and you yeah. stop trying to be what everybody expects you to be and act how everybody expects you to act. But not everybody does that. And so, like, for example, I was on a date one time years ago and I was talking to this girl who was very professional, all done up. You know, <laughs> I mean, she's, she just had this whole persona. And then as the conversation got more and more interesting, all of a sudden this little girl came out, hmm. you know, like she just became herself and she stopped all this personality bullshit. I call it acting like they're, yeah, at, you know, like I totally feel like every day it's a job interview and you're, you're always going to kind of act, you know, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. to what you want. The, you you want to create what you want that other person to think of you as than what you maybe actually are. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You know, and then when I got further into the date, it's almost like I could look through this whole facade and like this whole this whole life of clothing that she's put onto her personality. And all I saw in there was like this little girl who wanted to get married and have her dream wedding and, uh, you know, like a six year old girl. And, sure. and that's that's really to me the delusion is when you look at a piece of mine, you know, like if I'm in a gallery with other artists, for example, people don't come up to mine and go, wow, you know, this is a really really beautiful piece of art. I don't think I've ever heard the word beautiful <laughs> when people look at my stuff, but they do come up and they snigger and they laugh at each other and they, and they point. Do you get anybody that's very critical? I was curious about that when I was researching your, your work and your, so how do you, how do you respond to them when, when people say, well, fucking art has to be, you know, the art world has to be super serious and and yeah, how do you how do you contest them? Fuck them. <laughs> that's how I contest it. Oh, that's like, gonna be that's gonna be the yeah. tagline of our show. Yeah, <laughs> like them, in man. the lighter does we like, well, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, look, man. I mean, good good art is polarizing, dude. And if you're trying to make art that makes everybody happy, you're you're fighting a losing battle. And I do what I enjoy. Life's too short, too. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I know. You, you just you know you find your audience. Not everybody is my audience, and. If you don't like it, then you're, of course, not going to buy it. And so it's like you're not a fan. And, and it's like any of your favorite actors. You know, like I'm a huge, I'm like you, man. I like all of the arts. I just love the arts. And so some of my favorite actors, people are like, oh, they're horrendous. And I'm like, okay, okay. let's name drop. Who's your favorite actor? Who's some of them? Ooh. Ooh. Boy, that's a oh, tough yeah. question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit through the show. Well, one of, them, one of them that always makes my top three, because he's so fucking good in everything he does, is Anthony Hopkins. And okay, yeah. I've read I've read a lot about I him answer. because well, everything you see him in, he's so there. And he's you know, there's some actors where I call them over actors because they're clearly okay, they okay. want to be the star of the show and you're like, Okay, I get it. But he <laughs> is always so there. And uh, I read his process and one of the things he does is he reads the lines two hundred and fifty lines each line. Uh, he he repeats oh, it wow. two hundred and fifty times each Jeez. line. Okay. So that he can completely have the lines you know, in memory there, he's not like, thinking about the line. Internalize. Totally internalized. Perfectly. Yeah. And, and I just really, really, uh, respect him. But then I could go completely the other direction and tell you that I love eighties Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, it was just mm. so corny and, and I just love it. Right. So, <laughs> like it was fucking just, kindergarten cop kind yeah, of exactly. Schwarzenegger. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so let's like, do, let's I, do. I don't even understand what the guy said. Yeah. Let's pull it back. Let's do a Nova pullback and uh, let's get back to delusionism. So you're saying, so let's, let's, let's review. Uh, you're saying that uh, people are, are full of shit. They're, they're kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing a role and, mm -hmm. um, and you help to remind people that they're still kids at heart. So, so how do you respond to the critics of that? Because I could see a lot of people saying like, well, we're not, kids at heart you know some of us aren't even well the they would probably be are. right 
That would be probably right. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was just in, I just went up to Chicago uh, a couple weeks ago and I was in O'Hare. Okay. And yeah. there was this, there was this kid there. I mean, dude, this guy couldn't have been 19 years old and he looked like he had a, he had a, um, what's the thing? A yarmulke, the thing that goes on your head, the, the yeah. Jewish people were. And yeah. so he couldn't have been 19. This guy looked like he was like a 65 year old accountant or something. Okay. Mm. And he walked like it. He walked with <laughs> a hunch. I mean, well, he was, we don't yeah. want to bring Kanye back into this. Hey, we're not, don't believe me. This, there's nothing, there's nothing touchy about what I'm saying. I was just, he had this whole persona of like a super old soul. Yeah. Right. And that, and if that's him, then that's him. You know what I mean? So it, it, and we've all met old souls. You'll, you'll talk to some like, I'm an old soul, kid. you know, yeah. honestly, hey, yeah. you talk to an old soul an old soul is an old soul. And then there's some young souls. The point of it isn't that, you know, I'm saying everybody's juvenile. The point of it is I'm saying that everybody is themselves and to the degree that they start to agree with the convention and to the mm. degree that they start to agree with what is expected of them by society or forced on them by society is to the degree that you don't become yourself. And that's what the real delusionism is to me. You know, like you, you are who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I've, I, we've actually talked about this, this concept, this dichotomy in some of our other shows where you can be, I, that's, I, that's why I always joke. I never went into acting is because, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm a fucking actor in so many other aspects of my life. When I'm around grandma, I'm a different version of myself. When I'm around my, my, my closest friends, like you said, you know, I kind of, I, uh, we kind of turn into old college buddies again, kind of a thing. So I, I can kind of see what you're saying. So at the end of the day, you're trying to bring awareness to to that reality. Kind of, yeah. And but it kind of comes out on its own. You know what I mean? It's like if you, it's like let's say that, like you, you know, we use the date example. Let's say you go out on a date and it's a first yeah. date, and both people are kind of nervous, and you know, you put on this, you know, novo date version. <laughs> sure. Okay? Yeah. So you want you want to you want to be it's like one okay, octave lower than my real voice. Yes, so one octave like, lower. Like you, this. Your, like your language is cleaned up a little bit. You <laughs> may dress a little different. And then and then you go home and you're like, oh, thank God that's over if it wasn't a good day or whatever. And you take off your clothes. You put on your favorite sweatsuit. You know, you probably blow a big fart oh, or something because you've been holding oh, yeah. it in all night. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, jammies and a good fart. That's that's how a lot of my nights end still to this day. <laughs> hey, women, listen up. This is the reality of men. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they do it too. Come on, I know let's, they do. Let's yeah, let's let's yeah. Uh, let's let's call a spade a spade. They, there we go. I, I, I always do. I always I always like to think about the reality that we're not so different. Yeah, I know that we're we're literally the opposite sex from a mm-hmm. biological standpoint, but yeah, we all have the same shit problems and 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 want to be in our jammies and have a fart after the after the end of a date so oh, I big get time. It, ladies big time um, <laughs> so needless to say humor is is clearly <laughs> an important part of your work um yeah. would uh would you ever uh if you were commissioned if you would would you ever want to go off-roading like if somebody was going to commission me for a piece sure whatever yeah, i mean i mean uh, you're, you're okay with commissions but i mean somebody's got to understand it's going to be what i do you know i'm not sure, going to sure. do you know it's so not you're like straight with them some... you're like i'm still gonna be me and do my style and yeah exactly um, like if somebody gives me a photo of them and says hey can you do this photo i'm like no. I mean, you're going to have to come <laughs> over and we're going to do like an actual photo shoot. And it's not really going to look like you. It'll look like a caricature of you. And it's going to be completely my style. So that's the kind of commissions that I do because I just don't want to get off. You know, I'm like at the age where I don't want to get off my path. I feel like I'm on to what makes me happy. And I want to just keep moving in that direction, you know. And you, I mean, you've, you've, you've 
called it or you've uh, maybe hinted at you you would like delusionism to be a movement uh would you want other people to be inspired by your work and maybe even try their versions of that style yeah i think it'd be cool for that to happen i think any artist would love to have you know, like the cubists, you know, I mean, the early cubists yeah. now have guys like George Kondo, who's kind of moved into his own thing. And I'm a big fan of Kondo because he's, he's similar to me in that I feel like he just does what he does. But I mean, if you look at his work, it's clearly influenced by the cubists, the early cubists. And, and um, I think that would be a great honor. I think it would be really cool. And if other people were going to get into that, I do think it'd be a positive thing if the original definition keeps on because we live in a, a society now where, like I said, the conventions and the agreements are just very forced. And, and I'm, I'm completely against the polarization of society. Like, you know, oh, let's hate these people for this reason. And let's, let's disagree with these people. Fuck that. That's what makes everybody interesting. Who wants sure. to hang around with himself all the time? You know, like that does, that's not interesting at all. So I, I do think that if they kept with the original concept that uh, I've developed on being true to yourself, not only are you going to get differentiation, you're going to get more differentiation because everybody is so different when you meet them. And, you know, you, you don't have to categorize people into politics and race and opinions and all this boring stuff that is everybody, you know, there's an art gallery here, by the way, and um, they were hyper, hyper political. And I, you know, there was some in good Nashville? artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. That's right. Okay. And, and Nashville's not really, I mean, it's kind of an up and coming art city, um, but it was pretty, it wasn't very progressive. It was very conservative when I got here and they were very political with their art and that's cool. You know, art can be very political and that's fine. But what they were doing was very boring in my opinion. And some of the artists were pretty good. <laughs> you know, technically there were, some of these guys are way better than I am technically. And they, I just found it to be very boring it would have been more interesting if you know the, the the gallerist didn't forward his own political views through his artists and i it just you know everybody can take that opinion and now they're forward their art career on politics and i'm like okay well if that's what they're going to do that's what they're going to do it's just not my personal thing Novo. i just think that's i think it's I, I just don't think it's interesting at all no 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 let's dive into that a little further i i have always been because my my work is uh not for everybody mm -hmm. um and and i respect other artists that are trying to push envelopes and uh see things in different lights and making <laughs> yeah definitely you know art is always a reflection of our own humanity mm -hmm. and putting that mirror up to us i think that is important mm -hmm. um and i we actually had a show not too long ago with uh, alexander parsons where we talked about people that do it almost for shock value like the, the piss christ things like yeah. that i love uh that you know artists like you and other contemporaries are still saying that let's let's not be put into this box let's continue to challenge and change and evolve but still have that it sounds like you're, you're so inclusive though too you know i feel like delusionism as a movement not just an art style or genre is also saying well yeah i want you to to realize your true potential and don't forget who you are at the end of the day but also um let's see how we can communicate and connect with each other on a on a on a brand new level yeah totally i mean you know, I, I, there's a piece I really love, okay, and I forget the name of it, but it was this it was this piece from, I don't know, a few hundred years ago, and it, it was a picture of Jesus Christ, okay? It's an old, old oil painting, and you've probably seen this because they tried to fix it, and they screwed up the face really bad, 
and made it look cartoonish. Do you know the one I'm talking oh, about? Oh yes, Jesus! Yes. I, I, like it's. Um, I I actually uh, was of the camp that I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about it, but given I I'm <laughs> guessing you loved the defacing. I loved it because you took a you took an obscure piece that I don't think anybody in normal culture knew of, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like one of the top you know pop culture pieces out there. Like it's it's like this running <laughs> joke. And so the what's art about that to me is had that person not made that mistake, it would have it would have kind of disappeared into obscurity. Well, let me let me push back onto you just a little bit. But the original piece that, you know, it wasn't intended to look that way. It was intended where where yours has clue clear purpose yours are yeah you're gonna go your finish line is is going to look like these these comedic uh focused pieces where the original piece was just a classic you know depiction of jesus christ and he um and so i and they were trying to essentially i think just you know refresh it make it modernize it you know make it make it nice again and it was it was a train wreck jesus christ i I can see it in my head right i can see it in my head right now it was so bad i mean i can only imagine who owned that looking at that i mean the the mortification so i guess my point is 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 you know since the the original intention wasn't Mm -hmm. to make this I, I feel like it should be a little critical that are they I think the critics are a little right that they're like, well, this <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be the end result. <laughs> well, and in that you're totally right. I mean, the artist would have been horrified. I'm sure every, the owner was mortified. I mean, you're totally right in that. You know, my point in it is that it's just it's kind of become this new thing uh, was not originally intended. And I, I enjoy that, you know, and I yeah. think that is, uh, you know, taking it away from the original artist and like the a happy intention. accident. It sounds like you're okay with like, if something goes completely off the rails, <laughs> I think God, Jesus Christ, that reminds me of some of my earliest art teachers that said like, you know, a lot of amazing things have come out of your own mistakes with your mm-hmm. own art. Yeah. And um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I would agree with this particular one, but um, I think uh, in the the music example we were talking about earlier, it's like, yeah, if you go down a different path or have a different arrangement or use a different key or whatever the thing is, it can kind of show a different side of what your original vision was. Uh, so I, I think that I think that has its place, but um, I guess the dichotomy is intention versus in result um well you make, you make a, a really fair problem. point because yeah. you know like in, intention versus result and my original intention sometimes when i start off a piece with an original intention it ends up terrible hmm. and, really? and some that yeah that's why a lot of times um you know i've mentioned in earlier interviews my process is really to just get into action and start doing something because of what you just said that those happy accidents you know the best songs i've ever written were riffs that i accidentally came up when I was just noodling around. I was like, wow, that was cool. I didn't intend yeah, anything. Right. And my art is probably similar to what you said, where there, there's a lot of trial and error involved just to get something where you accidentally go there. And, and sometimes you're just not feeling it. So you just stop. I just go, okay, well, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm just going to quit and pick it up another day. Do you do you ever get to the end of a piece and feel like God, like you still, you still hate it or something or yeah. dislike it or whatever? Definitely. 
Definitely. I mean, and do you just I, I start over back to the drawing board kind of thing? I think every artist goes through that where you'll, you'll keep trying too hard at something. Then it gets overworked or overthought. And when you're overworking and overthought, overthinking it, I just, I just put it down. And sometimes yeah. I will put walk it down away. for, a, yeah. yeah, totally walk away. And sometimes I'll come back to it and it might like, there's a piece I'm actually looking at right this second. And it's probably two years old and I don't like it. Okay. Um, everybody who sees it, they go, I love it. You know, and it's just, I can't stand it. So you do that with your own work. You're where you feel like, God, I fucking, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's sort of a trick. And sometimes you have to shut up yourself and just let the audience do their thing, you know? And, and like, it's always interpretation, right? It's always, you know, people either put themselves in the work or, or see what they want to see out of it. Exactly. And that's where you, you have to make a decision as an artist. You go, well, am I going to send it out into the public or am I, am I going to sit here and rework this thing again? And, and it's funny because this particular piece, I'm like, I'm going to rework it because it just doesn't have the product that I intend, even though it gets a lot of compliments from people on how, you know, it's, it's got very dramatic lighting and it's, it's, it's done by candlelight. And it's, it's a pretty cool piece from that perspective. It just doesn't have my personality that I want into it. So I, you know, I've decided to work on that, but there's other pieces I've let out where I just go, it's done and it's got interest. So I'm like, it's done, even though I might not be a hundred percent happy with it, but that's, that's the trials and tribulations of an artist, you know, like, how many times are you 100% happy with every song you've ever written, you know, or every piece you've ever done? I think you make a good point on the dichotomy of um, what I call paper versus practice, too. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds great on fucking paper, but then in practice, it doesn't work or vice versa. That's mm-hmm. why I, I and it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of, I think you're very open to trying a little of everything and anything new, but within your own style, right? Yeah. I mean, and sometimes just trying something new will open up something, you know, it's like if you, if you're a guitar player, you know, you'll have a lot of different guitars and you pick up a new kind of guitar and it, and it spawns a new thing that you're like, Oh, that's cool. That's a new song. And painting's not any different than that. I mean, if you, if you try a new medium, like a, you know, like I'll pick up like these oil crayons and I'll just start messing around with something. And all of a sudden you're, you're kind of inspired in a new direction. It sort of breaks up the mundane of always working with oil paint on canvas or something like that. And you kind of have to do that every once in a while. You got to break it up. You got to do a little spontaneity and you, you tend to, uh, grow as an artist in new directions. And some people don't like it, but that's that's the way of the world. I mean, you got to keep developing. Well, that's a good segue to the future. What does the future hold for Mr. York? Are you, like, in five to ten years, let's say, hypothetically, what would you, like, either be working on or doing or exploring? It's hard to say where I'm going to be at in five to ten years. I mean, if, you know, <laughs> how many how many people can answer that question in the positive where like, oh, I know exactly where, you know, I know where I want to go. Hopefully you know? the positive, hopefully, right? Yeah. Hopefully in the positive. I mean, you know, I mean, I know where I want to go. I know the direction okay. I'm going. I'm where do you want to go then? Well, I mean, ultimately, you know, if you want to get into, you know, I'd like to have careers similar to like, uh, like a John Curran, you know, I mean, he's, I just really respect that guy as an artist. His, his technique is amazing. His, his subjects are great. He just did this series not too long ago. I think it was right before COVID hit kind of doing these like statues, you know, it was like doing Hmm. paintings of statues, but his style, and I've just always really respected what he does. And like, you know, a lot of the paintings he does, he'll do of his wife, because she's such, she's got such an interesting face who she's a famous artist herself. And, and so they just have the both of them actually have these really interesting careers. So is, is my future, you know, if 
I want to be very interested in what I'm doing and, and breaking my own boundaries. And in terms of things like the word avant-garde, well, what's avant-garde these days? You know, a lot of people go into shock failure. <laughs> it has you changed up a lot. It's not Warhol anymore. Shit like no, that. it's not so, Warhol. And, no. and shock value has its merits and shock value has its line pushing. Um, I don't know that I would call my stuff shock value or even avant-garde. It's just kind of my own thing. So pushing that envelope and at what point does crossing the eyes or creating a buck tooth painting become <laughs> uninteresting to me, right? Sure. I mean, it's funny, but I mean, is it going to be funny in 20 years? Probably, probably not. So that's where I've really got to push that envelope and go like, okay, well, what, what, what's going to continue to interest me and make me laugh and, and in turn make an audience laugh? And, and who knows, maybe that even gets old to me. And I, I uh, get into like, people always call it like almost horror art. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you can push into the dark maybe, maybe that's where, aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, there's an audience there too. Uh, so uh, we talked about the future. Let's talk about the present now. You know, tell us about some recent projects or upcoming projects, or maybe some exhibitions people can look to. Yeah, I mean, basically, I work. I work in downtown Nashville at a gallery downtown. That actually, the whole building was bought out, so the gallery's gone now. So you can check me out on Instagram, which we'll talk about later. And that's mostly where most of my stuff gets pushed out. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, my website. But there's there's quite a few pieces I'm working on right now. One of them I really enjoy because, you know, as, as we were talking about earlier, inspiration hits you whenever the hell it hits you. And so uh, around town and yeah. around, it, it's very weird that way. But around town here, there's these, you know, you, you know, those advertisements you get over male urinals. So when you're sitting there taking a leak, you can see the <laughs> ads, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. this, there this picture that I just kept seeing in all these urinals around town. And it just made me laugh every single time I saw it. And most there's a dog. Descri there. Describe it. Describe it to the good people. It's, it's got this man and woman there and the guy's got all this gold jewelry on. I'm not going to say it's, you know, it's a local business, so I'm not going to say who it is, but okay, it's, got yeah, this, yeah. it's got this guy here, but then it's got his, this, this, I'm assuming his wife and she's laughing and they're both kind of all happy and advertising their business. But then there's this fucking dog and this dog <laughs> is looking at the camera almost like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. You know, and I don't usually <laughs> paint animals. And so I'm painting this painting. And of course, the woman is going to be, you know, drastically altered. But it's just this, yeah. this dog influenced. I was I took a picture of it. I was like, that is definitely going into a piece of my work. This dog going like, oh, my God, can you please shoot me now? I mean, I swear to God, that's how the dog <laughs> looks. He's like, kill me now. And so that one is a, is a pretty cool one that I'm working on right now that I'm pretty interested in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. How do, how, do, how do people connect with you? How do they see your work? How do they commission uh, to maybe uh, be in your collections? Yeah. How do they how do they purchase your work? All, all, all the things. Give the good people the deets. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's easy. Just go to my website, DanielMatthewYork.com. And Matthew's with two T's, you know, the old biblical. I think that's the old biblical spelling, isn't it? I'm not sure about that. But Daniel Matthew York, two T's. And then also on Instagram at Daniel Matthew York. Well, Mr. York, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Novo. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and, and enlightening us on the concept that is a delusionism. Guys, if you want to check out Mr. Daniel Matthew York, as he already said, he can. you can check him out at his website as well. So that's uh, just to, to the biblical two Ts. Let's spell it out for him. So it's D-A-N-I-E-L-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-Y-O rk.com daniel matthew york now before we go um 
Guys, thank you for listening. But uh, before we go, of course, we need to hear from a few sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the novel The Entropy Sessions, a tale of loss, love, and madness in our past, present, and future relationships with technology. Find it on Amazon and as an audiobook through Audible. The show is also brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secured cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download, so go to Zen dot ai that's z-e-n dot ai slash art of the beholder and get 30 percent off your first three months with the pro account if you like that of course you can check out some of our stuff at NovaDayProductions.com. There you'll find uh, novels like The Entropy Sessions, as already stated, Adulteration, Post Meridium, Cancel Culture, Lotto. Uh, of course, you'll see ads for this show. Um, you can check out some of our other shows here. Click this button. You know what to do. Guys, like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Do all the things. You know what to do. And if you'd like to sponsor our little love child or be on the show, you can do so by reaching out to us at NovaDayMedia at gmail.com. So until next time... Be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media. At Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.